Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. What's up, everybody? So today, I'm here with someone that if you are in the fitness world, there's no introduction needed at all. But I'm sitting here with Chris Gavin. How you doing, man? Kicking ass, taking names, man. You are. Dude, it's crazy what you've got going on. Um, your your story is amazing, but you are such a high performer. And uh, you've been through so much. And I'm really excited to dive in um, to your story. But why don't you give people just a quick background? Where are you from and how how'd you end up where you're at? Sure. I'm uh, from Wales in the UK. Grew up on a farm over there. Um, my name is Chris Gethin. And uh, I got into the fitness industry when I was in my mid-20s. Um, and it was mostly through injuries from racing motocross. And I, I raced motocross for about 11 years. And uh, those injuries led for me to go seek help with um, you know, chiropractors, osteopaths, massage therapists. And nobody could help until I went to physiotherapy and started doing resistance training. And that's when I felt that I was alleviated of the pain and then subsequently alleviated of the mental issues that I was dealing with because my identity had become motocross and adrenaline. Yeah. I couldn't get that anymore. You know, I, I did some downhill mountain bike racing for a while, but it didn't feed me the same way. So I turned to alcohol, turned to drugs. But when I got alleviated of this pain, then it kind of alleviated me a little bit out of the depression that I was obviously dealing with that I didn't recognize at that time so then i went and studied international health and sports therapy for several years and realized this is content that i can retain because yeah. i didn't retain anything in school and uh, so i followed that path that journey as a, a personal trainer then you know i was working on cruise liners for a while so it was my ticket out of wales i really needed yes. to get out of wales you know my social circle wasn't necessarily a good one not bad people but i was yeah. in, in in the wrong circles and uh, so I went and worked on cruise liners. I lived in Australia for about five years. Uh, I, I, I remember doing cardio. I was preparing for a bodybuilding show at the time. And I'd utilize my cardio to multitask and put together these trifold leaflets that I'd put into letterboxes every morning uh, to advertise my personal training uh, company. And then I saved enough to purchase a gym. Uh, in Sydney, Australia, which is probably the you know a bad decision because now I'm working all sorts of hours and now I've got overheads. Um, and then I started uh, teaching myself how to write for magazines. So I, I, I bought Miriam Webster's book on journalistic writing, taught myself how to write so I could reach more people and start getting articles published in magazines, which got recognized. And I realized this is what I want to do. So I'm going to sell everything and I'm going to move to the mecca of bodybuilding, Venice, California, and see if I can get a WIDA contract working for Muscle and Fitness, Flex Magazine, which were the largest, largest magazines in the world then when mags were thriving. And I managed to get, in six months, I got myself a writer's and photographer's contract because I taught myself photography. I realized I could sell the articles easier if I had uh, photographs accompanying them. So I lived in uh, LA for a while, and then after a couple of years, I didn't really like the content that I was seeing put out, how it was edited, how it was kind of watered down. 
So I started my own magazine for a couple of years called Caged Muscle. Mm -hmm. That was half bodybuilding and half MMA because I love yeah. I love MMA and yeah. it was called Cage Fighting back then. So I kind of merged them together and I didn't make any money out of this magazine. I was no good at marketing, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really really enjoyed it. It was it was it gave me purpose. And, um, you know, a lot of people in the industry really respected that magazine. They enjoyed reading it. They enjoyed, um, you know, being featured in it. So I kept that up. And uh, luckily that got recognized by uh, Ryan DeLuca, the founder of Bodybuilding.com, because I was doing some freelance work for him as well, which led to me coming up to Boise, Idaho to get an interview. And I got the job as editor-in-chief of Bodybuilding.com then in 2007. So I flew up here and uh as the editor-in-chief for a while and that led me to about 2011 where i got thrown out of the country because my lawyer had not extended for my uh, visa extension and it it, it was the bodybuilding.com lawyers that found that out and warned me there's something peculiar about this guy so i had to leave the country for a few years um i went i got had an opportunity in india to train some celebrities over there so i did so those you know the 12 weeks that i was supposed to be there turned into like three years <laughs> and uh which was great so i started flying in other trainers from the us and uk because there was a demand there after my clients had transformed it hit like national headlines um and then we realized there was definitely a void there for an infrastructure of uh, of education for personal trainers and respect for personal trainers because clients would tell the trainers what to do there. So we started a gym franchise over there and we've got about 10 gyms there at the moment in India. And then I came back to the US in end of 2014, 2015 to start a supplement company, which we have now called uh, Caged. And uh, you know that's what's keeping me busy at the moment along with online training. And, uh, I'm, you know, I came back to Boise. I realized, okay, I've got my green card. I'm safe now. Yeah. Where do I want to be? I love Boise, Idaho. I love yeah. the mountains. I love the people. I like the slower way of life. Yeah. And uh, the authenticity of people here. So yeah. here I am. That's your, your story is incredible for a lot of reasons. Um, you, the way I think that you just made things happen, regardless of where you are, I think entrepreneurship and and just life is hard when you're tossed into circumstances that you don't know, right? It's mentally everything else, and you seem to have gotten into it and just made a way and thrived. It didn't matter where. All of a sudden, you're thrown out of the country. Well, instead of just going and waiting it out on a beach, why not you go and start training celebrities and then start gym franchises? Uh, I just love that. It's an organic way, though, that you go about it. It's, I see demand, right? I understand what I believe is happening, and then you go straight for it. I think that a lot of people uh, could really lend to that, where it's a real demand and a real understanding of the need. And you've really niched down into the bodybuilding kind of arena and world. And then you were able to branch out from there. So it was like you took those core competencies that you had, that you understood from your own experience and utilize those in situations that you could identify and expound upon. But before we go into that, I got it. Okay, strength training to deal with pain. 
that sounds so counterintuitive. I just got to go back to that. And, and I, I got to hit on that. How does that work? So you were having pain and you and resistance training helped you deal with the pain? Yeah, it was skeletal pain. So it was spinal pain. So my if you look at the my MRIs right now, or x-rays, sorry, my spine is left aligned in my pelvis by about an inch. Uh, because 70% of the corners on motocross tracks or supercross tracks, I guess just motocross tracks are uh, right-hand corners. And uh, so I never had the smoothest of riding styles and I was riding from a very, very young age while I was still developing. And it just caused a lot of back pain. And I wasn't doing any resistance training. I was doing a lot of swimming, a lot of mountain biking, a lot of running to support that. But alleviating the stress on the spine uh, with more muscle tightness, more muscle fibers help support the this skeleton structure. And I realize that now, like there's a, been a couple of times in my life when I've just stopped training. You know, when I did one of my Ironman events, I said, okay, I'm gonna stop training for this one and see if I get a better time than, than when I was 225 pounds and yeah. see what happens. And I dealt with a lot of issues. Um, so I'll always weight train specifically for, you know, mental therapy, but physical therapy as well. But you'll find a lot of people that go into the bodybuilding realms who have dealt with injuries from football, from basketball, from various types of sports, track and field. And they find that they're able to work around those injuries from some sort of resistance training and just alleviating the stress that's placed upon the skeletal structure. So because of this problem and this real pain point you had, it, it kind of brought you down this whole road that you're on today. One of the things that I kind of want to hit on, you mentioned you didn't do good in school, right? But you are probably the most knowledgeable person talking about these uh, different aspects of the body, especially you know, as we've been talking uh, multiple times on you know, my problems that I have with being paralyzed. I mean, it seems like, oh, there's no answers. And you look at it just so differently, but you're very, very knowledgeable. How did you, how did you curate that knowledge over time? Because you utilize that in everything you do from supplements, from training, from the whole, you know, coaching and the bodybuilding side, was this just, you sucked at school and you're like, I'm going to just go start reading books. Or am I going to try things? Like, how have you gone about that? Well, I think it's, it's something that just provides purpose and passion. If you've got purpose and passion behind something, makes you feel good, uh, you're going to be that much more motivated to learn about it. I didn't like any of the subjects in school. I didn't really like the teachers, didn't like being around a lot of people. I hated team sports. You know, everything that I've done has been very much individualized. You know, I, I competed in motocross, downhill mountain biking, bodybuilding, Ironman, ultramarathon. It's all something that is just me. It's yes. me by myself. And so I never really did well in a culture where you're thrown in with a loads of other crazy kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every single one of my school reports said Chris is easily distracted because I'm like, I don't belong here. Yeah. There's something wrong. There's something missing. I'd question a lot of things. Even when I was in college, I'd question a lot of things and it didn't always go down well. And uh, I, you know, and I had a lot of jobs. You know, I worked as on a door. I worked behind the bar. I worked as a driver. I worked in a wood furniture warehouse. I worked as a car sprayer. I had so many different jobs, but I'd be, I'd have the headphones on the whole time because I'm like, just take me away from here. I'll, I'll lose yeah. myself in music, where I don't feel that way within the fitness industry. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel that I want to give it my attention. I enjoy it. It feeds my purpose and my passion. And I know 
selfishly, it's beneficial to me because it's going to help me with my longevity if I do it correct. And then I'm able to share that with others. I don't do a lot of the things now for myself. I don't have to wake up extremely early at like 3.30 in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. But I do it anyway to show other people, look, if I can get up at 4 or 3.30, then you can bet your ass that you can get up at 5. Yeah. You know, I do it because knowledge without mileage is bullshit. So I want to live that life for others now to show them there is a way, you know, even if, you know, school teachers or people told you that you're stupid, you suck. There's certain things that you can use to your advantage. So, you know, they used to say that I'm easily distracted. So I use that now when I'm training. If I'm running or if I'm going out on a hundred mile bike ride, I'm distracted. I'm just kind of zoning yeah. out. So using that distraction to my best of my ability. I love that. Um, as someone that had to leave high school after freshman year, because I was basically failing out, uh, that was, you know, that was a big part of me. And I had to be in a situation where I could utilize what interested me and magnify it because it was a very extreme thing. Either I was all in interested or there was zero interest and I couldn't even like retain the knowledge. So entrepreneurship worked out really well for me. And I went to high or I went to college. First part of college is hard when I could start to pick what I was interested in. College got a little better for me. Um, but you know, from there, it was the ability to apply those things that I could hook onto that I found interested and dive deep and then find opportunity within it. And I think this is a really core part of successful entrepreneurs and driven people because it's not driven, it's driven in a method or a way that is very much self, like, like you mentioned, right? You're, you don't need to do those things. It's not because you have a boss. It's not because you have somebody standing over you telling you to do those things. You actually want to be engaged. And I think that drives you to be an expert in those things. And you can tell when you talk, you can tell it is organically. It is not a line item, right? Well, here's what I exactly read. It is a full view because you've spent time thinking about these things. That in turn, at least I believe, led you to identify these opportunities because you looked at it differently. Now, does this drive something you always had or was this something that you've worked hard to cultivate? Was that natural for you to just say, hey, I really into this one thing. I'm gonna go dive into it. Or is that something you actually, no, waking up early in the morning was hard? Some of it, you know, definitely waking up in the, uh, early in the morning was something that's kind of been ingrained into me because I grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. We would wake up early, help feed the animals or whatever before school. You don't feed the animals, they're not going to feed you. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a cold or, or if it is cold outside, if it's snowing, if it's raining you still have to go out there and feed the animals. Yes. It's dark, it's winter, it's Christmas day. Doesn't it matter. doesn't matter, you know? So I think that's part of it. Yeah. I'm kind of scarred for life there. <laughs> and uh, You fit I, in well in Idaho. That's why you like it here. Yeah, <laughs> love it here. And, uh, and I think, um, you, know, to a, you know, you can get comfortable being uncomfortable to a certain degree, but I definitely got work ethic from it. But I yeah. never really had a purpose and a passion until I kind of stumbled across resistance training and that's when i realized okay my pivotal foot will always be here i'll put the other foot into other waters and try other things you know so that that all kind of correlates i do like to sign up for things that i believe that i'll suck at to kind of turn that weakness into a weapon and uh i, I like to do hard stuff yeah because that has yes. a self-transcendence effect into so many other areas of your life because i know 
that there is going to be a time in my life that I'm going to be a little bit more fragile and that there's going to be days that I don't want to do things on the days that I don't want to do it. So if I wake up in the morning early and I get in the ice bath like I did this morning, I'm getting used to doing things that I don't like to do. Yes. And, you know, it creates more resilience and discipline around myself because, you know, we were talking earlier about how much the world has changed over the past 20 years, so much that our DNA needs to change almost. And uh, we're getting very comfortable, very comfortable. And I find a lot of regression in my clients when they get very, very comfortable. And when you chase discomfort for a certain, you know, with balance, you progress, you progress. So, you know, don't quit chasing the comforts because there's comfort zones. You're not going to find out exactly what you're made of or who you are. I, man, I I could not agree with that more. I was having this conversation with um, somebody the other day. They were asking about uh, because when I I wake up in the morning to get going, everything, it, it hurts because I have uh, pain associated uh, with everything that happens. So walking, just moving and trying to get that, that uh, hurts. And I'm like, how do you do so much, right? Even though you're in pain. And I'm like, I don't really put pain into the equation. Meaning why does that matter, right? And it's this idea that I'm going to get up and I'm gonna do, it doesn't matter that it hurts. It doesn't matter that it's uncomfortable. That's where I'm going. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to accomplish. So I'm going to do that. And I think you're exactly right. That is such a lacking thing in today's age where comfort dominates everything. It dominates how we how we move from day to day. How do we talk to each other? How we work? And that is a really dangerous spot to be in because it is through the pain. It's through the hardship. I firmly believe that we have progress. And um, that's a great skill that I think also weight training develops. Right when you go to the gym, when you get in that ice bath in the morning, I love how you say it conditions you for that. So then, when the pain comes, you are prepared for it. You're conditioned for it. It doesn't matter. You're thrown into another country. It's out of your comfort zone. You don't know what's going on. I'm going to figure this out. I'm okay being uncomfortable. Uh, It's such a huge skill. Now in this industry, um, it's changed a lot. Right, the internet has changed a lot of how your industry works, the rise of bodybuilding.com. I actually did bodybuilding.com's consultant benefits when they were small and then just watched them grow till they were acquired and we helped them to that and what Ryan DeLuca accomplished there, which, uh, you know, I think Ryan's just an amazing person and it rode off this big change that was coming in the industry. So how do you view where the industry's at today and where it's headed? I think it, I think it's in a great place now. Yeah. You know, using the internet to our advantage is absolutely phenomenal. The, you know, there's more accessibility to education now. Like when I was growing up, I remember I'd, I'd hound the people at the at the news agents because I, I read bodybuilding magazines way before I was into weight training. It was like my comic book. I wasn't interested in comics so much, maybe a little bit of Judge Dredd. Uh, but other than that, it was bodybuilding, bodybuilding magazines, even though I wasn't weight training. And I'd go to the news agents like several days before. Is it there yet? Is it here, there yet? Every month? Uh, you know, I just wanted to read that thing front to back and look at these amazing pictures. Um, but then if I wanted to get any advice, I'd just look at the before and after picture and think, okay, it must have been that supplement that they're advertising. Yeah. And that's it, you know. But now, 
people have access to interact with people to see how they transformed or if they can help transform themselves. And, you know, if, if people are talking about it, like, for instance, a supplement or a certain exercise program, then, you know, people will be pretty quick to shoot it down. They'll give yeah. you the, you know, the reviews straight away, which can be very, very beneficial. So, you know, I don't try to put out content that I think is going to benefit me. I'm going to put it out there that I feel is going to benefit others. And they'll give me instant review, instant time uh, uh, feedback. So I, I think it's in a great place. It's definitely growing. It's become more versatile as um, people are becoming more educated. They're becoming more health conscious where, you know, for example, you know, supplements used to be, okay, it's performance and that's it. But now we have more health-based supplements. You just have to go to Whole Foods to see how much more shelf space that they're taking up. So it's good to see that merging of those sectors and people are starting to really focus on anti-aging now and how they can increase their health span. So it's really diversifying itself, which is, which is, which is great. Yeah. Where do you think the opportunities are when you look out in the next 10 years in this space, what do you think are the biggest changes that are uh, occurring currently that will drive the theme of, you know, you have these large companies, we have these large supplement companies, workout companies, media companies, right? Everything that have occurred just in the last 10 years, like we were talking about, right? They spurred off of and gave instant access what you've done on Instagram. You can literally see, right? Like you're talking, it's so dynamic in your learning. You're getting feedback, you're moving, and that's created an explosion in some of these comp companies and left other ones to die. What do you see in the next 10 years on this route? Where do you think people are moving towards or opportunities that lie? It's, it's going to go in several directions. I think, you know, what Ryan DeLuca is doing now with Black Box VR, virtual reality is going to be a part of that. There's going to be a hybrid of that. You know, for instance, you could have a QR code on a supplement company and you're going to have someone pop up, an expert, to tell you exactly what those ingredients mean. Because we can't always rely upon the person at GNC or Vitamin Shop to really, really know. Yeah. Uh, what they're talking about in that regard. So having somebody with expertise to tell you exactly what that supplement does or the ingredients in it, who it's for, who it isn't for, that's going to be very, very big, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, we're starting to see that on certain types of gym equipment now because people go in, they need to have a, some form of uh, gym introduction, but maybe they don't always get that where they can just scan that bit of that QR code on that leg extension machine and see exactly how it should be performed if you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, et cetera. So I think it's gonna be a bit of a hybrid of those, I believe, that's my yeah. personal opinion for the future. You know, there's a local company that I've been talking to and they are merging technology into the physical space in an interesting way. And uh, I was having a conversation with them last night as we were looking at their business and I actually mentioned uh, Ryan DeLuca. I'm like, you're missing a huge segment. So you're going after this space that is event-based and essentially what they do is in real time, right? Let's say you're putting either an event on, you're speaking or there's a concert, right? Everyone that's participating in that in the digital space, they're merging in a layer of information, ads, things like that. So you could say you're out uh, working out, right? And they could literally click on your equipment as this is live. You just change what you do, walk over and do, and then it puts it up, the information, as you're in the motion of doing it, and then we're able to capitalize on that. Very interesting, they do mm. it like concerts. Okay, you want Justin Bieber's shoes? Click on it, right, and it, and it pops up, and there's a lot of interest. And I think that 
what Ryan's doing, like pioneering that. Let's bring this space into a digital format, right? This VR setting and merging these two. I, I, I think you're exactly right. It's the idea of purchasing combined with knowledge, seeing results packaged up so we have better, more educated consumers that you can do, which with you and with other people that are actually outdoing, that's where consumerism is led, right? Like they see you as that trusted person. So how do I interact better with you to consume the things that I'm learning from you that can help me? I just find that a very interesting space. And I think you're exactly right. Those things coming together is gonna be a huge, uh, huge market. But for you now, aside from there, what are you doing? What's, what's your next five years look at? What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish, man? Trying to, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to have too many goals. Um, uh, I, I like to take a year off every now and again. Um, I'm. What we're, we're we're doing at the moment is expanding Cage. We've just uh, rebranded. We've dropped the muscle, so it's just yeah. called Cage now. Uh, we've got like more premium looking labeling uh, to kind of match the ingredients that we have inside. So we're going to diversify the brand a little bit more. Um, to more sports because it isn't just muscle. Yeah. It's a lot more than that. So we're diversifying the brand there. Um, I'm really focusing on my online platform. Hopefully I'll have a, a new website done within about two months time because that, that's always been uh, my, my Achilles heel. And, uh, you know, I'm doing various types of online training. I also help, uh, I've got a course called PT Mastermind that I've just done a soft launch with where I'm just helping a lot of personal trainers out there how to become you know, uh, independent and online. And uh, I'm about to work now on what's called a Be Harder to Kill course. So this is for people that maybe are very quote unquote successful within their businesses, but they're kind of failing at life. Yeah. So they feel that they can get so much more out of themselves and that could be a better person to be around it could be a better husband it could be uh better from a physical or health standpoint because you know sometimes you'll see people driving around in rollers or lambos but you know they're in terrible shape so yes. are they really successful yes. are they happy you know yeah. so that's you know being happy and having the core pillars of core happiness everything kind of falls into place so with that be harder to kill much like you know the resilience that i spoke to uh, before that's a course of a, a mentorship program that I want to put out for others, you know, where you can kind of put all these together because it's taken me a long time to figure it out myself. Yeah. You know, I've had to uh, go overseas and go on plant medicine journeys. I've had to go on silent retreats. Um, I've had to do a lot of soul searching, speak to psychologists to really find out what are the core pillars needed in order to be hard to kill, be more relentless with no compromises. And, uh, and kind of put it together in a package. So I, I feel that, you know, people have come to me for advice and it's helped them. So uh, that's kind of what I'm working on right now. You know, I'm building that course. What, what are your core pillars? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, for sure. Well, number one is alignment. You have to be aligned. Your thoughts have to be aligned with your day-to-day -day actions. You can't just say you're something without producing those some things. You know, you'll find a lot of people are students of learning 
but they're not really students of application. You know, yes. read a lot of books, great, but all those books are useless unless you apply them. I'm not saying that you should take that book for gospel and apply it. Take those chapters that apply to you, but then apply. You know, and I, I've noticed that with a lot of people. They, they know so much more than me, but they don't apply it. Um, you know, I learned a lot of that from my, from my father when he read that one book I think I told you about before, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then he bought his first property, and the next property, then the next property, yeah. then was out of the farm because the farm wasn't producing any money, but then he had 50 odd properties, all from that one book of application, yeah. and not just having to learn so much about it. Learned along the way, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, being in control, control is another uh, pillar. You know, you have to be in control of yourself and your surroundings. Very, very often we get controlled by our environment. We blame yes. environmental factors of, why we're not happy. Maybe we live in a certain country or vicinity or, or whatever it may be or surroundings that we feel don't align with us. We can't keep blaming your surroundings. You have to control that environment that's inside your head, not outside of it. So I think that's a big portion of that 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 core pillar. Um, you know, when I when I talk about core pillar of happiness. You know, it can't be just superficial. It yes. can't be something like, oh, I'm going to watch some Netflix. I'm going to have a couple of drinks uh, because a lot of that turns to regret. And I always tell people, use regret as your guidance. If you are about to do something or you've done something and you feel like I'm going to regret this or I do regret it, use that as your guidance. That's yeah. your internal being telling you that's not a part of who you are. It, just because someone else is doing it and they've got satisfaction out of it doesn't mean that you should. We're all different. We all have our different characteristics. So you have to use all these navigational points to realize who you are, what you are, what your purpose is, what you stand for. Hey, that's just, you know, awesome knowledge bomb. Just I, there's so many things I'm immediately thinking of that I'm like, I want to talk to. The, the, the idea of happiness not being... Uh, first of all, a reaction or a consumer thing, this idea that I'm in control of myself and that it's not a hormone thing. It's not like, oh, I'm happy because I had a boost here, right? It's like you can be happy over long periods of time without having external forces creating that happiness. And I think that's something that we, all of us, have a really hard time with. We go to create the conditions or put ourselves in um, the environment that would make us happy but that's based upon an emotional reaction right instead of creating internally the environment or conditions to be happy regardless of our surroundings that is for me i'm sure everyone that is like a daily challenge oh right? for sure it's a muscle just like you know you're going to work out at the gym but to make that muscle stronger yeah. you have to do that all the time every day you know you're working yes. at it and it's the same thing you have to work at it every single day except what's a little bit different here is that you go to the gym once a day you need to work on this multiple times a day in uh you know various ways like you know you mentioned about like not being a reaction you know that's huge you know we all become reactions yeah. and we just have to learn to observe and become completely equanimous easier said than done yeah. but you have to practice it if someone does you wrong you know, you don't, you don't avert from it and you don't crave to be a reaction to it either. You just be, be equanimous, yeah. observe it, and you'll notice if that ob observation then comes to the surface and it just dissipates. 
you know, but yes. you have to not react first, yeah. which is difficult. And that's where meditation really comes in. And meditation can really, really help in that regards. In the morning, what do we want to do? We want to pick up the phone, get that dopamine rush. It's addicting. Mm -hmm. Just meditate. Just You can do that for an hour. So I think it's very important. I get you know a lot of my clients to bookend their days. Um, they expect me to come to them with you know training and nutrition advice. And a lot of the time I look at their lifestyle and like, we're not going to do anything first. We're not going to do anything in regards to training or nutrition. We are just going to focus on your day. What time do you wake up? Do you ever hit the snooze button? You're not going to hit it. I don't care if you go to bed at 12, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, or you don't sleep. You are not sleeping in. Yeah. You don't hit that snooze button. We are going to start the day off with militant precision. And you're not going to switch on that phone for the first hour. You're not going to be a reaction. You're not going to create that anxiety in your head that creates reactions throughout the day you know it's like if you if you are like a, a, a slightly anxious person i was definitely that person if i had too much caffeine now i'm really anxious and now i'm a reaction and there's like a strong correlation between anxiety depression and anger so that anxiety can turn to anger with that reaction yes you know so you have to be very very um you know aware of that from the moment that you wake up because i believe that dictates your day much like your recovery from your workout will dictate how well your next workout will be so yeah. you focus on the recovery and i think this is one of the things i love about your content things you show like it, it, it's not showing results as much as obviously we see that in your content and stuff but i see a lot of the practice of what you're talking about the ice bass right it's getting up here's my daily walk right it's the things that you're putting into place to create that result that you want and a lot of time it's intangible or it's not known so you know that i have to be rigorous to stick to these activities because i've learned more about myself and this is what generates that long-term thing not that short-term thing and then you put that in place and because you know that's the outcome it happens regardless because I want to be happy. So I'm going to do this regardless if I go to bed at 12 o'clock. Regardless of those things, I'm gonna put into practice the things that I know deliver that result. It sounds so simple, but it's really not. In fact, it's uh, really easy to start and then to fall off of. But you are very religious about these things. And that, I think, exudes right your control that you have in your exploration of yourself and how it interacts and that's a, a a fascinating thing for people to to go and explore down especially when you're dealing like as i think about this in interpreting entrepreneurship and everything because you can't control those surroundings you know if you're talking is starting a business running is as, as you know I can't control what markets do. I don't know if we're gonna be in a recession. I don't know what a customer is gonna do, I can't. And if you are driven by reactionary emotion, you cannot make it in that game. It doesn't work. Yeah, what you can control is just your internal reaction. Yes. You control this environment, not the external environment. The external environment will always change. There's yes. no doubt about it. But you know, I, I am definitely harder on myself than I would be a lot of people because mm -hmm. I know what I'm like. Yeah. You know, I know my yeah. characteristics. Maybe my characteristics have changed, uh, but I know what I've been like in the past. You know, I've been pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, when it came to like partying and drugs and alcohol. So I know life can be a white knuckle ride if I'm not very tough on myself. Yes. 
and I live this life like a religion to a certain degree. You know, people say, hey, you should have more balance. I'm like, no, this is my balance. Yeah. This may not be yes. your balance, but, but this, is, this is mine. I, I want to be infatuated with this. I love yeah. it. You know, yeah. it makes me really happy and it drives me. So, you know, you can't compare yourself to anybody else. And mm -hmm. I think that's the big problem with like uh, social platforms. You know, yes. I'm never going to be tall, dark and handsome. And I'm not going to compare myself to someone yeah. who's going to yeah. be so. But I'm going to be the better version that I can be. Yes. Can I be happier? For sure, I can be happier. I can be a 2% happier, 3%. Am I going to be as happy as some other people I know? No. Yeah. For, forget that. That's just not in, in my genes, you yeah. know. But I'm always here to evolve and try to progress. And I love, you know, trying to trying to biohack my way yes. into a, an, another universe. And you've catered your day specifically around to you. Yes, for sure. Right? For like, sure. it was one of the things that I had a really hard time with because prior to um, going into the hospital and being paralyzed, I slept five hours a day. I woke up, I went to the gym, and then I worked for ungodly amounts of hours, right? Came home, put kids to bed, did that thing, and repeated it. And after, with all the nerve damage and everything, I couldn't, like, I had a, a extreme fatigue if I didn't sleep because my body was working overtime trying to mm. send signals and nerves and everything. So all of a sudden, I was sleeping 10 hours a night. And that really affected me like mentally in the fact that I just kept like, oh man, I'm a slob. I'm, what am I doing? I can't believe, you know, I come from farmer background too. My parents, it's you get up early and you get to work, right? And all of a sudden it was just 10 hours a night to me was mind blowingly like lazy <laughs> to yeah. me, to me. That's yeah. me personally, right? Well, pain's exhausting as well. Yeah, so, pain's yeah. exhausting <laughs> as well, but I had to ease back into and recalibrate what I had to do. And it was saying, why don't we focus not on the fact that it's five or 10, but maybe we should focus on the recovery rate, the pain management rate. And I had to change and recalibrate. And for everyone, I think that's really, really hard. So when you really figure that out though, like you have doubling down on it and becoming religious about it, however that works. If it's 10 hours of sleep a night, if it's two hours, what you, you, you know, you are. It's important that you go through the process to understand it, like you're saying taking notes, you went on journeys and you, you really figured out for yourself, not the, it's not somebody just told you, right? You figured it out for yourself. And then when you figured it out though, you stuck to it. And uh, I mean, when we're dealing with personally entrepreneurship and everything, it, we had a meeting about this literally last night where we had uh, some investors that were like, you know, you should sell off a whole bunch of your assets so you can show good returns and have an exit sooner than later. And I'm like, but we're long-term investors. That's not our DNA. That's not who we do. We want to create wealth and financial freedom for people over the long term, right? And yet we started to debate, well, maybe we should do this. And it was like, hold on here. Who are we trying to appease, right? And we were taking outside criticism to change the way that we brought value and who we are, our beliefs on financials, investing and everything. And that's a really dangerous game mm. when you start allowing people to dictate what's not your core happiness. I think that's just so important what you hit on. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're always going to be influenced by others. 
You know, yeah. there's no doubt about it. People are never going to relate to you. You know, if you're breaking out a Tupperware container at a party, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, people are, you know, they're not going to think, oh, wow, he's really prioritizing his health for the future. They're going to make fun of you. You know, sometimes that fun eventually, uh, you know, because, you know, people are much like kids. They learn by observation. Then it turns into curiosity. And then next thing they're doing it. But in the beginning, they just think it's very odd because society has norms. And those norms could be, for instance, you go and visit another culture and they say, well, it's very rude if you don't eat our food. You know, so yeah. I've I've uh, been very offensive to a lot of cultures <laughs> yes. over the years. But, you know, that's important to me that yeah. I stick to my guns because yeah. the decisions that I make can affect me uh, 20 mm -hmm. years from now. So I try to make the right decisions and you have to make the right decisions for yourself. And it may seem selfish at, at, at sometimes, but you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. You know, much like, yes. you know, you think of the analogy when you're on the airplane, you know, you put the, the mask on yourself before yes. you do your baby or your loved yes. ones or anything like that. You have to do that in order to be a stronger person for the people around you. I, dude, that is awesome. This is such great advice. Um, I don't want to take up your whole day. I'm going to end it on that because that is just... Um, I need to take in more of that and I need to practice more of that as well as I know other people. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. Appreciate I really it. do appreciate it. Where can people go to find out more about you? Where should we direct people? They can probably just find me on Instagram. They can Perfect. message me there. It's K-R-I-S, Chris Gethin, G-E-T-H-I-N. Thank you, AJ. Really appreciate thank you, Thank you, buddy. man. Thanks. Thank you.